Acts chapter number 26. And while we're there, we want to look at verse 6 through verse 8. I was about to move on, and I believe this is what the Spirit of God showed me that I need to do. Acts chapter 26, verse 6 through verse 8. And now, Paul says, I stand and am judged, but watch what he judged for, for the hope of the promise made of God to the fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribe instantly serving God day and night, watch this, hope to come. So you know they was waiting for the Lord. For which hope, King Agrippa, I'm accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? Because that was supposed to happen once Christ came. That's why people are waiting today for the Lord to raise the dead. Isn't that something? But see, that was what they was waiting for 2,000 years ago, for the Lord to return and raise the dead. So what I want to talk about again this morning, I talk about this morning, I hope you get the tape. God promised. So this is what Paul is saying. This is what God promised. All right? So I want to talk about God promised. Two words. God promised. I hope they're in capital letters. God promised. Right. Now, because he promised, we showed you this morning that God is faithful. Now, you got to understand what it means to say God is faithful. I'm going to give you a couple of verses of Scripture. Get this morning, I gave you a lot of them. But I'm going to give you just a couple this morning. And that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 7 through 9. When you talk about God is faithful, you have to know what it means when somebody is faithful. Now, I, I look at my life as a married man, and I am faithful to my wife. What do that mean? That means I keep the covenant that we made between ourselves. So when you are faithful, you keep the covenant. You, you obey the word. You keep the word. See, everything I tell people all the time, the reason why I learned, I see, I asked God. I asked God to help me so I know how to love my wife. That was one of my prayers. And I says, I was saying it this way. I said, I want, I want to love my wife like you love the church because that's what Ephesians 5 talked about. And so I wanted to love my wife that way. And God showed me that how, how to do it. In that same verse, it always says, when you love her, as unto the Lord. See, that's the key verse. So love your wife, but watch this, as unto the Lord. So otherwise, you're not doing it for her. You love your wife because the Lord asks you. So when you love your wife, you do it as unto the Lord because the Lord requires this of you. This is what he asks you to do. So when I found out that I can love my wife as unto the Lord, then my life began to change. So I realized I'm not loving her because of her. I love her, but I don't love her because of her. See, if you look at the person, maybe that's why you're not loving them. See, when you begin to look at somebody, you're going, shoot, I don't love her for what? I mean, wow. way she acted, way she, see, that's what you're doing. But if you change your focus, look at somebody say, change your focus. When I began to look at the Lord, when I loved my wife, I was doing it as unto the Lord. 
Now all of a sudden I'm going like, whoa, that makes sense. So now I'm not loving her because of her. Not because of me. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. Can't you see that? So when you begin to look at people that's hard to get along with, do it as, as unto the Lord. You got to keep your focus off the person, right? And you got to do it unto the Lord. All right, now that's what we want to talk about today. But we're going to talk about God promised. Say it with me. God promised. Right, now this is past tense. God not making no promises today. So don't let nobody lie to you talking about the Lord promised you. The Lord already did everything he promised. I'm going to show you he promised Israel and all his promises have already been fulfilled. Let's go show you that in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Oh, I got to do 1 Corinthians while I'm there. You can write that down. But in 1 Corinthians is where we're at now. And we're in chapter 1. It's what I told you to turn to. And that's verse 7 through 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. Come to your camera. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 through verse 9. So that you come behind. Now he's talking to the church at Corinth. So that you come behind. Watch this. And no gift. Watch what they were doing. Waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what they was waiting on. 2,000 years ago. I told the church this morning. In 2031. Think about what I just said. In 2031, it will be exactly 2,000 years ago since the Lord raised from the dead and left here. 2,000 years. Remember, Jesus died AD 30. See, and a part of his ministry went over. That's why they said three and a half years of ministry. So you got to understand, and now people still don't think he came. What you think you are believing you're believing that God's not faithful. You're believing that God didn't keep his promise. Now, you think about it today. If I told you that I was going to come for you and I waited 2,000 years, I wonder where you will be today. It's not hard to figure out, is it? You wouldn't be here, right? And that's what people are doing. Why would you promise me 2,000 years ago you're coming and wait till 2,000 years after that before you do it? The people who you're promising it to is already dead. See? But we're going to move on. Now watch what it says. So that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says it to the church of Corinth. Who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless, watch this, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, or the day the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Then he's going to tell the church something. God is faithful. This is one of the greatest things you must learn if you're going to walk with God. If you are going to walk with God in your relationship every day, you're going to have to understand that God is faithful. Now, how many know what faithful is now? I gave you an idea earlier. God keeps his word. God do what he says. So if you're saying you're going to walk with God, remember, he's not talking to you about what God going to do. God is faithful. That's past tense. Right? Now, if, let me show you something. Uh, God is faithful. About, we're going to go to Hebrew 11, 11 after this. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He's telling them, look, he called you to the fellowship of his son. Now, that happened to them, that would happen after the Lord returned. 
See, you didn't fellowship with the Lord until after he returned. So he's like, well, where is he? He called us for the fellowship of his son. Where is he? See, you got, that's why Paul said, God is faithful because he called you to the fellowship of his son. All right, let me show you something. In the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 11, and verse 11. Now, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 11, there's a woman who did not get what God has for her life before she found this out. So many people, faith don't work because this is one thing they don't have in it. You got, you got the faith, but if you're going to use your faith, you got to understand that God is faithful. You can't use your faith if you don't judge him faithful. When you get there, say amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. It says, through faith, also Sarah herself, watch this, receives strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because... I'm going to let you read that. I just want you to see. See, the key, the key is we, we wonder why we don't get what God has. I'm showing you the reason right here. Why did she get what she prayed for? Because she judged him faithful who had promised, past tense. See, God already promised her a child the year before. And the Bible says, through faith also herself, Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, a 90-year-old woman, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Let's go watch Abraham. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. See, if you go back and look at the Word, you'll find out what the people in the Word were able to get some things that will seem like we can't operate in today. And we got everything. I mean, we got everything. We got Bibles. We got Bibles in our ears. <laughs> I mean, you name it, we got everything. But we, don't, but we don't get what we pray for. Why? Because we don't want to accept that God is faithful. You got to finalize that. Why pray? Why get on your knees and thank God if you don't believe it's already done? Romans chapter 4. Now, let's look at uh, the, 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 this man, Abraham, which is Sarah's other half. He was 100 years old. How did he, how did he get what he had? Watch this. Romans chapter 4, and we're going to look at uh, verse 17. That'll be good enough. He says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed even God. Watch the power of God. He makes a lie, quickens the dead. He calls things which be not as though they were. Now, that's the power of God. Now, Abraham believed God, the Bible said, who against hope. He believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, because God said, so shall thy seed be. So God told these two people, next year you're gonna, your wife going to have a son. See, they both had to believe. See, you got to understand, like my wife and I, we both have to believe because we are heirs together of the grace of life. 
And that's what you got to understand. In one body, or, or you are married in one body, or you are a one single person, your soul and spirit in the same house have to believe the same thing. Because you don't, you're divided. The house divided against itself cannot stand, just like in the physical realm. All right? And that's why, watch what happened to Abraham. God said to Abraham, verse 18, who's against hope, believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. That's what God told Abraham. And being not weak in faith. That's why I told you this morning, you need to come get the word. Stop worrying about other folk. What happened is when people, this is what happened with people, when they need a miracle from God, when they need healing their bodies, when they need the things in their life happen, you know what happened? They, they, they faith is too weak to receive it. They faith is too weak to receive it. It's just like going to a machine trying to get a credit card to pay for your house when you know you don't have $100 in there. Your credit card is too weak to buy that house. All right. That's, that's the kind of thing. You got, you got the credit card, but if it had some millions in there, you can buy the house. Ain't that right? But if your credit card got $100, you, most likely you're not going to buy no house. Your credit card is too weak. Look at somebody and say, that credit card is too weak. Right. Right. That's what happens with faith. When you try to use faith to get something that is, that is very powerful in the spirit realm, it's just like you, you don't have the faith to receive it. It doesn't mean it's not yours, just like the money in the bank. Okay. And being not weak in faith, somebody say he was not weak in faith. Watch what he did. He considered not his own body. If you look at your natural realm, your own natural flesh realm, your faith will be weak. You can't look at yourself. That's why I told you how I love my wife. I don't look at her. The word said, husband, love your wife. That's it. How do I supposed to love her? As my own self. So I can't look at her anymore like that. I got to love her, and when I love her, then that's what, I don't care what my wife do. Their time my wife do things, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to be angry today. That's what my flesh says. I'm going to be angry today. I am not speaking for next hour. <laughs> but when you love, when the Spirit of God is in you, grace is in you, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing that for? You got to love her. That's what the Spirit of God said to you. Oh, you got to love her. I do. Because what do you do when you don't love? You grieve the Holy Spirit. You quench the Holy Spirit because the Spirit of God in you is the Spirit of love. It's the Spirit of grace. See, that's what happened to us. And we want to walk in that condition as grieving the Holy Ghost, quenching the Holy Ghost, and still want God to do something for us. Huh? Isn't that something? Isn't that right? I pray for too many people to, to, for that to happen in my life. My wife will tell you, I'm up in the morning. I, I pray for a lot of people, okay? But I cannot allow that to happen in my life and then go to God in prayer. I can't do that in expecting God to answer. All right. Being not weak in faith, Abraham, he considered not his own body, not dead, when he was about 100 years old, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he could not look at none of that. He staggered not, watch this, at the promise of God, not promises. He staggered not at what God has said. 
through unbelief. So when you get it, when unbelief come, unbelief come in, what do you just did? You staggered. You was weak in faith, and you staggered. But no, not Abraham. Abraham was strong in faith. Listen, don't you know you by faith you stand? And the Bible said, when you have done all to stand, stand. Well, how do you do all to stand? Strengthen your faith because you stand by faith. So when you come up against a situation and the situation is bigger than you, you better have the faith to stand. Because that's the only thing the enemy cannot move is your faith. All right. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. And how do you know people strong in faith? They still give glory to God. Regardless of what situation they're in, they still give glory to God. Come on, clap your hands. I'm trying to show you. A lot of people never said unto God, never prayed, never. Listen, when your faith is strong, you will give glory to God. Now, giving glory to God means he's thanking God, although he don't see what's going on. He does not understand what's going on, but he believes. His faith is continuing to strengthen. Every day, he keep putting the word on. He keep putting the word on. He keep getting the knowledge. And what the enemy trying to come against your life? Coming against the knowledge of God. If coming against the knowledge of God. You got to keep putting that knowledge on there. Your flesh don't want to hear it. Do you realize when you get ready to hear the word? Oh, you already heard that before. You was at the 9 o'clock service. You was at the 11 o'clock service. You going to go and listen to that again? That's what the flesh is going to say to you before you even get on the podcast. You just there. You just heard that. And then once you put it on anyway and start listening to it, all of a sudden that flesh die down. Because he know he's not, you're not going to be persuaded. Huh? Because you know how you live. You got to have the word to live. It's just like a fish in water. Take the fish out of the water, the, water, the fish going to die. Nobody got to kill it. Let me say it again. If you take a fish out of the water, the fish going to die. Nobody got to kill it. It's out of its environment. And when, you, when the enemy can keep you out of the word, out of your environment, he don't have to worry about you. You're going to dry up and wither up. Won't, long, won't be long. You won't be here. You need the word to live. You was born of the word. You born of the spirit. You got to stay in the word. Come on, clap your hands. You need the word. All right. Now, that's what we have showed God is faithful. Anything else I'm supposed to go to? I call out a scripture. Do you remember that yet? I heard the second Corinthians. I didn't say anything. So chapter one, verse 20. Okay. Let's go there. I thought I gave you a scripture. Say I go to it later. I, I was going to go to it, but I said, wait later. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Because this shows you all the promises been done. We're not talking about the promises. We're talking about God promised. You got to talk about God promised. Abraham, uh, let me see. Uh, Paul was sitting there in jail in prison with, with handcuffs on, waiting on what God promised. Because he knows once the Lord comes, those handcuffs is gone. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises. All the promises of God in, in Christ are yes 
and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. At the end, it's always by us. See, God's promise has already been fulfilled. It's up to you now. You know what you got to have. You got to have faith. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to move to the next part of my message uh, because this is what God showed me. He showed me already. I told you this morning in the last day. Let me give you a couple more last day scriptures. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. I'm doing this because I don't want you to think the last day of your future. I do not want to ever hurt your feelings. Please do not say in this church around me, we are living in the last day. Please don't say it. Look at your neighbor. Look at your sister and brother. Say, Please don't say that around the pastor. Please don't ever let me hear you say that we are living in the last day. And you got people, every time something happens, they say, well, you know. I mean, all this stuff happened, happened out there in California. Matter of fact, my, my, I called my homeboy already saying, yeah, Zoo, Mississippi, make sure he's okay. Because I'm, I'm from Greenville, Mississippi. This thing happened in Yazoo last night, a, a night before, and 23 people were killed. Tornado. See, we take things for granted. All they did was went to bed that night, and all of a sudden they're gone. 23 people. See, you don't never know what's going to happen. There are some people who went to bed, and they showed on TV, and their whole house just went down the water. In a sinkhole. Who, who would know that was a sinkhole on that house? Didn't y'all should have known that when y'all be at that house? The sinkhole swallowed them up. See, you don't know what's, you don't know, you don't know nothing. That's why I thank him every day of the week, every day. Give God his praise. Let's go to, let's go to Isaiah chapter 2. Now, Isaiah chapter 2. I just did 2 Corinthians 1, and I told you all the promise of God is, yes, in him. Verse 20. Okay. Now, in Isaiah chapter 2, we want to show you the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. The word of the Lord, the word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. Watch what he says. Now, this is Judah and Jerusalem because these are the two people was waiting for the coming of the Lord. Now, that's very important for you to hear what I just said. When John the Baptist baptized in Matthew and Mark, those were the two people who came to his baptism, Judah and Jerusalem, the two tribes. The other ten tribes went through tribulation. So these people were waiting for the coming of the Lord because God had promised them and they had believed it. So in verse 2, it shall come to pass, I'm going to come to your camera, in, in chapter 2, in verse 2, and it shall come to pass, watch this, in the last days. Now he's talking to Isaiah. Isaiah's older than Jeremiah. Isaiah's older than Ezekiel. You understand? So now he's talking to Isaiah. It shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house, now the word mountain means kingdom, of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountain or kingdom and shall be exalted above. He's talking about the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. And shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow into it. All right? And many people shall go and come and say, come ye, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion, don't forget the word Zion, shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem or from heaven. All right? Now, that's why you got to understand. That's why I told you, when you read Hebrew, let me do this quickly, in Hebrew chapter number 12 and verse 22. Let's go to Hebrew 12, 22. That's why you got to understand where the Lord was and is now. 
when he came for the children of Israel. They had to know the word of God told them. So when Jesus rose from the dead, where did he go? Once he came, got the 144,000, where did he go? See, that's what you got to understand. The 144,000 now are really the new Jerusalem. All right? So that's, you are part of this, so you got to understand that. So Hebrew chapter number uh, 12 and verse 22, it says, but you are come, that this is very important from Hebrews to Revelation, they're going to be a different. But you are come to Mount Zion. You'll come to the city of the living God. Remember, this is what Jesus were, was when he came for Israel. And I'm going to show you that next, and I'm going to give you the scripture, uh, Romans 11, 25 and 26. Give me that verse next. Let me show you that. You are come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God. You come to New Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. You will come to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and you'll come to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. You'll come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. You'll come to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better thing than of Abel. See? So that's why he says, See that refuse not him that speaketh, for if they escape not to my Moses, refuse Moses that spake on earth, how much more shall we escape if we turn away from Christ that speaketh from heaven. Now, if Christ speaks from heaven, who did he speak through? See, that's my, I need you to get that quick. In the one man Christ spake from heaven to, thank you, I gave you that in the word, he spoke, he spoke from heaven. I read that every week, he, uh, chapter number uh, 26, verse 12, he said, I heard a voice from heaven. I saw him from heaven, brighter than the noonday sun. He said, Christ spoke to Paul from heaven. Christ God spoke to Moses from the earth. Remember, he came up into the mountain on the earth and spoke to Moses, but not Paul. Paul says, he spoke to Paul while he was in heaven. Paul says he's by the noonday sun. Okay, don't ever forget that. All right, now, where I say I'm going, Romans? All right, now watch what he's going to tell you in the book of Romans, uh, chapter 11. Remember, I'm supposed to teach you Romans chapter 9, 10, 11. I'm going to eventually get to that, huh? So, but in Romans chapter uh, nine, did I say nine or eleven? Okay, Romans chapter eleven, right in verse twenty-seven. We we'll start at twenty-five. Thank you very much. Romans chapter nine. We're gonna come to you, brother Noah. You, you the only man found grace in old covenant. Yes, I said Romans eleven twenty-five. Might look at in Romans chapter eleven twenty-five. For I would not, brothers, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceit. That blindness, in part, that's very important, because they wouldn't, that it, was, it was Isaiah prophecy that came true. That blindness, in part, happened to Israel, watch this, until the fullness of the Gentile be come in. Now, I could show you that and show you who they were, but I'm not going there. And so, and so all Israel shall be saved. Now, you need to underline that because that's why there was 144,000 uh, Israel was saved, Revelation chapter 7, because all Israel shall be saved. But I'm going to show you who, who was the all Israel. So you want to put down uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. You're going to show you who all Israel was, okay? 
It don't mean that everybody in Israel is going to be saved. Because I just showed you Judah, Jerusalem, remember? All right. And so all Israel shall be saved. Why? It's written. It's already written. Where was it written? And I showed you that Isaiah 59, verse 19 and 20. Now, you can read that because that's where he said it before. And it says he didn't call Christ a deliverer. He called him a redeemer. It's okay, but that's what he quoted from. All Israel shall be saved. Why? They shall come out of Zion. Now, I just showed you Zion, Hebrew 12, 22. Right? They shall come out of Zion. That's heaven itself. Remember I gave that Hebrew chapter 9? He's in heaven itself. All right? Right. He's at the high priest. That's why I'm going to show you. See, Jesus had to fulfill three offices. When he came to the earth, his first office was prophet. Capital P. But when he went into the Holy of Holies, in Hebrew, he is now the high priest. All right? So that's why you got to see the office. And the third office he, he's doing is king. So when you say you don't believe Christ has come, you are saying he's not king yet. See, so you got to hear all of that. So what I'm going to show you when Jesus returned, the word of God. And then if you don't believe that Jesus is king, you don't believe the book of Revelation. See, you listen to them lying preachers that I would listen to for many years. And this is what they said. Oh, yeah, the book of Revelation ain't finished. We only in chapter four. I'm going like, how did I want to say, uh, how did you know we was in chapter four? Yeah, and I asked one day, one day I was in cemetery, I mean a seminary. And the man said in seminary, he said, I said, how do you know in chapter four? He said, because you read chapter four and this is what it says. Come up hither. I'm going, and? Because he said, come up hither, you in chapter four. He was talking to John. So when I go back and teach this, I'm going to show you. John was on the island of Patmos. Listen, when you read the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is already finished. No, you don't get it. John was on the island of Patmos. He's telling you where he was when he got the vision. So when he wrote the book, he's still not on the island of Patmos. People said, well, you know, John, I don't know. John is not on the island of Patmos. We'll go there in Revelation chapter 1 after this, okay? You got to know, that's, see, he wrote, wrote the book of Revelation after he got off the island of Patmos. So he's telling you, I was on the island of Patmos. When he got to chapter 4, he said, the Spirit said to me, come up hither. Well, he's still not up hither. See, we, we, we don't know how to read the Bible. All right. And verse 26, and so all Israel, shall all Israel shall be saved. There, how, how are they going to be saved? There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Listen to me now. And this is the covenant unto them. This is the covenant my covenant, God said, this is the covenant I made to them. When I shall take away their sin. When I shall take away their sin. So you have to understand, you have to know the Bible. You have to know the scriptures. See, I know the scriptures that when he said he's going to take away their sin, he had to purge them. Now, the same thing happened with, you have to know Moses' ministry. See, Moses' ministry is a type in the shadow of Jesus' ministry. 
So the second time in the book of Exodus chapter 32, when Jesus came down from the mountain, watch this, the second time, because he came down the mountain in Exodus chapter 19 and 20, the first time. So when he came down the second time, watch what happened. That was the second coming. And so you have to understand, the second coming was when he found them worshiping the golden calf, the idol. So that's why Jesus says, when you shall see the abomination of desolation, right? When you see that in the temple, know that it's not even at the door. So they knew once they had moved, Rome had moved their headquarters and the Jews themselves all had started to worship in the Roman God. Now we know that because we know the book of Ezekiel chapter 9, chapter 8. Ezekiel. God allowed Ezekiel to visit Jerusalem and showed him what happened before he came to destroy them in chapter 9. He, he, chapter 8, man, I got so many things I could show you. All right, but watch what, this is my covenant when they take away my sin. Now, let me show you that, where I'm supposed to go next. I heard Revelation. Daniel 12 and 1 first. All right, always give me order. And now write this down I just gave you. What I just gave you, just gave you. I just told you something. I said, I can't go there. Did I tell you where I'm going? Y'all got to be able to hear in the spirit. Y'all got to be able to hear in the spirit. To hear in the spirit, you got to know what I meant. I know I get a laugh, but some of y'all haven't laughed. Get a lot of big hands. Some of y'all haven't laughed since last year. Some of y'all haven't laughed since we had the COVID. Hey, wasn't no game. That COVID took out over a million people. And people are still dying from COVID. All right. That's why we got our sister at the door. Don't play with her. Right. I just want to make sure we are safe here. All right. Now, in, I, in Daniel chapter 12, now let's do this because this is very important. Daniel chapter 12, in your Bible, it'll tell you what's supposed to happen at the time of the end. All right. Verse number one. And at the time, and at, I'm going to come to your camera. You all right? And at that time, I'm going to come to my camera on the left here. And at that time shall Michael, now Michael is Israel's angel in the Old Covenant. They are, the angels in the Old Covenant, uh, for example, Gabriel. Gabriel is the messenger in the Old Covenant for Israel. Michael is the warrior. He's the one that fought for Israel. See, that's why you had Lucifer, who was a praiser, but he got kicked out. All right, but that's all all, all these different things. That's why you have different kind of angels. I know somebody asked me this week about different angels, but you have different angels, okay? Now, angels now are ministering spirits. Do you have to understand, they're only ministering spirit to those who are of salvation. So you got to understand, listen, listen to me now, listen to me. Angels are ministering spirit. Let me show it to you in Hebrew 1. We're in Daniel. We're in Daniel. I'm going to go to Hebrew quick, chapter 1. 
All I need you to do is get the word. That's all I need you to do. You can't get a word if you don't get it. Hebrews chapter 1. And verse 14, just the last verse. I'm just going to give them that. Hebrews 1, 14. All I want you to do, open your Bible and get that word. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Are you there? Okay, we want to make sure to get it in the back because I want this on tape. Hebrews 1, 14. So you have to know what angels are in, 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 uh, in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. I know we got people learning, but we got to learn what the book said there too. There. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Let me move on because I can't wait no longer. Are they not all ministering spirits? Angels of what? Angels of what? So when you feel angels around you, they are called ministering spirits. They are ministering to you. See, a lot of times we want God to do things in our life, but we are scared. And all God got to do is send an angel to help us and we out of here. I mean, I'm up there, you up here in the parking lot, in the church parking lot, talking about, I couldn't, I don't know, something was in my room. Yeah, I know it was. You done ran away from home, everything else. <laughs> See, you got to understand something. See, a lot of folks here, Mary, when the angel was sent to Mary, who was Gabriel, who's a messenger, he was sent from God to give her a message. See, and then that, that's what I'm saying. When a messenger angel came to them, nobody else could hear that. God would not allow anybody else to mess with it. That's what it meant. It had to be a director to her. All right. Well, God does that in ministry for us, ministering to us. Now, he does not minister for us. I say he ministered to us. All right. There's a difference. Uh, you want to have that backwards. Hebrews 1.14. And are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for? Now, angels minister for you. The Holy Ghost ministered to you. Everybody got that? Now, you need to put that in your notes because that's very important. Angels don't minister to you. They minister for you. And don't forget that. The Holy Ghost ministers to you. All right. We have an anointing within us who teaches us all things. He ministered to us. All right. Everything you need done to you, you got the Spirit of God in you to do it. All right. But here, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them? Watch this. Who shall be heirs of salvation? They wasn't heirs yet. Hello, heirs. Now, you are heirs of God. I can show you that in the book of Romans. You are heirs of God, and you are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Let me show it to you in Romans chapter 8. See, this is, this is uh, if you just know this book, boy, Romans chapter number 8, you got to know who you are. You are an heir of God. Now, what does it mean by you an heir of God? The word heir mean what? Inherit. Hmm. You inherited God. All right. All right. Romans chapter 8. Now, told you you are children of God. Let's start verse 12. Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live out of the flesh. If you live out of the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you shall live. 
For as many are, are led by the Spirit of God, watch this, they are the sons of God. It's not like them. They shall be as because Christ did not return. They could not get their salvation until Christ returned. So if you're still saying you believe that Christ has not returned, you already know that's ignorance because you already got your inheritance. You got your salvation. I'll go to 1 Peter next. Write that down. 1 Peter chapter 1. You got to know that's not talking to you. I just want this church to be so free until when somebody started lying to them, they'd be like, ho, 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 hoo, hoo. That's a lie. Get out of here. All right. Yeah, but I won't tell you. No, 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 no. You don't, you don't know. No, you're lying now. Get out of here. Watch this. So we're going to go to 1 Peter, remember? For, for if you have, if you live out, go to verse 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's already a done deal. For you have not received the spirit of abundance again in the field, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby you cry, Abba, Father. You already got the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself, it said itself, but it himself, he bears witness with our spirit that we are not going to be. You are the children of God. And if you are children of God, then you are what? Come on, say it loud. You're heirs, heirs of God. You're heirs, you're heirs, you're heirs of God. And you are joint heirs with Christ. To be a joint heir means everything is he has, I have. That's a joint heir. It's 50-50. Ain't that right? We are joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. All right, now let's go to Peter. See, you are already an heir. Those people was waiting for their salvation. So to be waiting for Christ was waiting for what? Come on, say it loud. I, I give you an answer, and all you got to do is get bold enough to say it. All right. You got to get bolder than that. You know, somebody told you you just won the lottery, man, you'll be all over this town. My phone will be blowed up. I can't even wait till you say something. All right. Now, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Start there with verse 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter... Because remember, he's ministering to the saints who were scattered abroad. And we know how they got scattered. Acts chapter 8, verse 1, by Paul. Peter, James. James chapter 1 also ministered to the saints that were scattered. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus. What's where they were also? Galatia. That's why when I teach Galatia, also they had Jews in there. Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. They were elect according to the full knowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience of the sprinkling of the blood of Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his what? Abundant mercy has begotten, talking to the Jews, believer, has begotten us again unto a lively hope. Remember, they were waiting for Christ's return. A lively hope. How did he do it? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance. Watch what the inheritance was. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that faded not away, reserved, reserved in heaven for you. Your inheritance ain't reserved in heaven for you. Why was it reserved? Because when Christ came, he is their salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. See, that's who he is. 
Well, your salvation is the word. Their salvation is the person. Your salvation is the word. Paul gave you your salvation. Come on. You got to know what do you get. You got the word of his salvation. That's, that's, that's uh, Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, somebody can find that for me. It's called the word of your salvation. The Jews rejected the word of their salvation. That's why you got it. All right, now watch this. To an inheritance, look at verse 4 again, 1 Peter 1, 4. You, they was waiting for an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that faded not away. It was reserved. You know when something is reserved? Anybody know when something been reserved? Just like you're going to get a room at the Marriott, you got to do what? Right, you got to reserve. That means nobody can get what you reserve. Their inheritance were reserved in heaven for them. And the Bible says it was kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed when? When? When it was going to be revealed in the last time. Okay, let's go to 1 John. It's going to be revealed. When is it going to be revealed? Come on, somebody said, when is it going to be revealed? Let's go to 1 John 2.18. You and Peter go forward. See, you got to stop believing these people who don't know the Bible. I don't care how big the church, how big the ring on their finger. It does not matter to me. 1 John 2.18. It's going to be revealed when? In the last time? All right, let's look at 1 John. 1 John 2.18. Little children, it is the last time. Wait a minute. They going to get theirs in the last time? Well, John says already the last time. Now, 2,000 years later, they still telling you the Lord is coming. And Crump is a false preacher. Because Crump already tell you, he's in grace now. That's what he keeps telling y'all, he's in grace. That's why he don't do bread on the table. No, because Christ is the bread. Our bread don't come on the table. Our bread coming from above. Jesus told the people in John chapter 6, Jesus told the people, read John chapter 6. That's why he told them. He said, your father ate manna in the wilderness and they are dead. But if you eat of this bread, and he says in John 6, 35, I'm the bread of life. Well, I ask people this, if you're not eating the bread of life and you're eating the bread of a table, maybe that's why you're dying. Because my Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, man shall not live Huh, yeah, by bread only, see? They got to live by every word, every word, every word that proceeds out the mouth of God. Well, the mouth of God, the bread that comes out the mouth of God is the living bread. You got to know your stuff, boy. That's why this stuff don't bother me. I've been ministering 43 years, going on 44. I'll be 38 years pastor. I've been a fool. I believe man, I thought man knew what he was talking about because I saw what he had. I saw what he had. I saw how big his churches were. I mean, I saw him coming down out of the air in his, his helicopters and jet. I thought he'd do the word. I was deceived. No food, no more. No food, no more. You don't know the word just because of who you are. You know the word because of the Holy Ghost. He's the teacher of this Bible. So I have to learn that. Watch what John says. Little children, 
It is the last time. As you have said and heard that Antichrist shall come, see some people here waiting for Antichrist to come. Even now, 2,000 years ago, are there many Antichrists whereby we know. We know that it is the last time. We know. You better try to listen to the word. See, these people, that's how I got messed up. My head got messed up. And I taught a lot of things. I had, do you know I mean, must we pray for that baptism pool back there? Now I got to extend. I got to extend all this wall back here. I'm going to get with my brother, Derek, one day. I'm going to get with him. I'm going to have him extend that wall from that wall all the way back. That, all this right there is going to go right back to the wall. All this up here is going to go back to the wall. All this going to be enlarged back to the wall. I wish I had a known end. But that's all right. It's coming. Coming to a theater near you. Somebody say amen. Go to Hebrew chapter 1. See where I'm going? Acts 13, 26. Well, let's go there first. Acts 13, 26. See, you got to understand our salvation of the word. That's why Israel rejected the salvation. Oh, man, I got to go to, I got to go to Daniel 12 and 1 next. Can't do nothing else. We're going to do this one, though. Where am I at now? Acts what? Right. Now, you ought to mark all this in your Bible because when I get lost, I can look, help you, let you help me out. Acts chapter 13, verse 26. Watch what it says. Men and brethren, children of the stock of Abraham, whosoever among you that fears God, to you is this word of this what? The word of this salvation sent. See, what happened to them? They rejected it, didn't they? Come on now. I, look, at Acts, look at Acts 13, 46. Put that at Acts 13, 46 with that. See, you got to understand what happened to them. Go to verse, 30, verse 46, so that 26 and 36 go together. See it? It says, and David, David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. That ain't what I want. Forty-six. I'm looking at thirty-six. Thank you very much. Forty-six. I'm sorry. Then Paul. Now we on course. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary. This is when the Jews rejected the word of his salvation, that the that the word of God should be should have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you, you judge yourself unworthy. Watch this of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so has the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light to the Gentiles, that thou should be, watch this, for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard that, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, as many as were ordained to eternal life did one thing, they believed. And that's all God asks you to do is believe the word. You see? So let's go to the last thing, and that's Daniel chapter 12. I got four minutes and a half. Oh, my God. Faster thou in the east. 
and east. Let's, let's divide it, make it the northeast, okay. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Both was right. Northeast. All right, here we go. Here we go. Chapter 12. And at that time, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, Michael shall stand up, that great prince was standing for the children of thy people. Remember, Michael was not our. You know, you got this. Some folks mess up. They got Michael. I won't bother that. They messed up. And there shall, there shall be a time of trouble. Talking about Jacob's trouble. You can look up the word Jacob's trouble. It'll, it'll go come back here. Such as never since it was a nation, even at that time, and at that time, thy people, talking about Israel, shall be delivered. Now, I gave you that Romans chapter 11, verse 26, remember? At that time, thy people shall be delivered. Everyone, he's going to tell you who was delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. Now, remember, you are not in a book. Can't be talking about you. God not riding around. See, that's what happened to me when I was down in Mississippi. We used to sing these old stupid songs. Write my name on the road. I've been changed. And you got some girl, she steps out on the thing and she all decked out. I know I've been changed. Girl, you need to sit down. And the only thing she said, how many know the rest of it? The angels in heaven have changed my name. Sign my name. The angel has signed my name. Girl, I, I saw her on stage when I be watching these musical guys. I'm going like, girl, you need to go back and sit down. No angel sign your name. And then she said, I know I've been changed. <laughs> Boy, you're going to be surprised. <laughs> All right, here we go. Daniel said, thy people. Somebody said, Daniel, people. And verse 1 says, shall be delivered. Everyone that shall be found written in the book. And many of them would sleep in the dust. This is what they're waiting on. Men of them who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. All right, let me give just a little bit of here because we're talking about everyone that's found where? Written in the book. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 32. So you got to understand, Old Testament, they had a book of life. See, everything in the Old Testament was fulfilled by Christ. You're not in a book, you're in a person. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, you're not in a book. The Old Testament, they was in a book. Deuteronomy 32 and 32. Verse 1, that's when Moses came down after he had built that calf. And watch what God says. Yet now, in verse 32 is what we're waiting on. Deuteronomy 32 and 32. Exodus, I'm sorry, Exodus Exodus 32, 32, forgive me. Exodus 32, 32. Yet now, if thou will forgive, this is what God, Moses told God. If you don't forgive me, don't forgive Israel of their sin. Remember, he was a type of Christ. We're waiting on Exodus 32, 32. Second book of the Bible. All right, here we go. And if not, watch this. Blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book. 
which thou hast past tense written. Now, if the book already been written, how can you get on the stage and say, I know I've been trained? Because the angel in heaven has signed my name. All right, you weren't even there yet. All right, blot, blot my name, blot my name out of the book, all right? So we know Daniel chapter 1 was talking. Let's go to Philippians chapter number 3. Write these down. We do a couple. Philippians 4 and 3. Philippians 4 and 3. Revelation 3 and 5. Let's do a couple. My time already gone. Philippians chapter 4 verse 3. So you got to understand, your name is not in the book. So don't look in here. In the book of Revelation, it's, your name is not in a book. All this talking about is the people whose name is in a book. Man, so many people are going to be surprised. Philippians 4. Man, I'm in Galatia. Philippians chapter 4. Are you enjoying the word? Amen. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, And I treat thee also to yoke fellow. Help those women who labor with me in the gospel. With also Clement, also with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now, why this? I showed you Exodus, and I'm showing you Philippians. Why? Old Testament. These people of Israel, name was in the book. You're not in a book. You're in a person. You are the new creation. Oh, if I can get a good amen out of that book. Because if you're waiting on God to call your name, call your name on the road, you're going to hell. Your name will not be called. All right. Whose name are, names are in the book of life. You are not. Say it, I am not in the book of life. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. Revelation 13, I'm sorry, well, that's another one, 13, 8. But this is 3, 5 first. Revelation 3, 5, 13, 8, that's plenty of them. Revelation 3, 5, 13, 8. Revelation 3 and 5 say, He that overcometh. Talk to Israel while they're going through tribulation. How do I know that? Look at the name of the church, Sardis. And all you do, Google, Google the seven churches of Revelation. And they'll show you on there, there's seven churches. One is Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Those are the seven churches. They're on your Google. You can, they'll show you right on Facebook podcast. The seven churches and show you all been destroyed and show you where they used to be. And folks still don't believe that Christ has come. Matter of fact, you can Google when Israel destroyed, not Israel was destroyed, the temple, the temple of Israel, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. It's on your thing. It'll show you that movie now. AD 7. Just Google AD 7, Israel was destroyed. AD 7, the temple in Jerusalem was destroyed. And they will show it to you on your Google. How it, would, how it happened. It happened about Rome. And people still don't believe the Lord will come. You, you got to get delivered from religion. I'm telling you, that's, Galatians, that's, that's uh, uh, Hebrews 6 and 1. You got to get delivered from religion. Until you get delivered from religion, you're not going to be in the Bible, say. All right. He, Revelation 3 and 5. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed with, shall be, shall be, shall be, shall be clothed with white raiment. Well, you don't have to be clothed with white raiment. You are already clothed with God's righteousness. They had to be clothed with white raiment. He said, I will not, I will not blot out your name out of the book of life. I will not. But I will confess 
And remember, that's why they had to be saved by their confession. And there are people going to church every day. God bless their heart. They think they're saved by Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. Can't you read? You shall be. If you die today, you shall be saved. And that man, read that at your funeral because I've been there. That's what they read. Romans 10 and 10. Well, I know he's saved. Why? Because the Bible says he confessed with his mouth, and he did, and believed in his heart that God raised him from the dead. He believed that, and now I know he shall be saved. Man, do you know shall in future tense? You dead, you can't shall be saved? Come on, get the Lord another big hand, will you? Come on, stand up on your feet, will you? Stand up on your feet, please. Stand up on your feet. We getting ready to go. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15 told you how to be saved. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and where you stand, this is how you stand, by which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, Paul says, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. Watch this, how Christ died for our sins. This is what you got to believe. That's why we have the cross. Every church got it. Every preacher that you see pretty much that you see got a great big cross on their neck and their shirt pocket. And they tell you they saved by water baptism. Now you know that is embarrassing to God. That you got a cross so heavy you got to put in your pocket. And you turn around and tell the people you're saved by water baptism. Why wear the cross if you don't glory in it? By which also you are saved if you keep in memory that which I preach to you unless you believe in vain. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture he was buried. So you can't help, you can't miss the burial. Because when he was buried it's when he buried the old man of sin. And then after that he raised from the dead for our righteousness our glorification. Romans 4.25 Everything he did was for our salvation. He died for our sins. He was buried in our place in a grave that carried our old man away. And then God raised him to new life in a glorified body. And that's what we have to put our faith in our grave. Where's Jesus? Jesus is in Zion, the city of the living God. Where are you going when you die? I'm going to Mount Zion. That's where I'm going. It's a city where all the believers are kept. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of heaven. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Door of Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.